0: Video game fans have enjoyed no shortage of great open world experiences over the past decade. While this boom has resulted in players being able to lose hours at a time in fully explorable worlds however, it's also made it a bit difficult to pull something truly unique out from the crowd. Of course, uniqueness isn't everything, but it is satisfying when something truly creative comes along and steals your attention. And that's exactly what all of the following games did. They're all identifiably open world games, sure, but each one brings something new to the table. with specific focus on awesome game mechanics. Before we start though, I just want to thank today's sponsor, the appropriately exciting open-world RPG, Biomutant. Set in a post-apocalyptic landscape, the game pitches itself as an epic kung-fu fable, throwing you into a large open world that emphasises a mix of martial arts combat, third-person shooting and a bevy of customizable mutant powers to choose from. The long-awaited title drops May 25th, so stay tuned to find out more about it later on in this video. But for now, I'm Josh from WhatCulture.com. And these are 10 unique open world games with awesome mechanics. Number 10, Dying Light. We shouldn't still be talking about Dying Light in 2021. This was a zombie open world game released at the saturation point for both zombie and open world games. Everything was stacked against it, not least the fact that the developer's previous title, Dead Island, didn't really blow people away, and yet here we are, years later, still singing its praises. Why? Well, a huge reason is the parkour system. See, Dying Light isn't your regular zombie brawler. The player is capable of free-running all around the open world, evading undead hordes on rooftops and making quick escapes when specific infected undead turn up to absolutely ruin your day. Even better, it feels awesome to indulge in, as it's one of the very few first-person games to really nail the sense of locomotion and momentum of parkour from that perspective. Throw on top a dense city sandbox, satisfyingly punchy combat and a risk-reward element where staying out after sunset sees near impossible to defeat zombies spawned to hunt you down and Dying Light still stands as a unique installment in an otherwise generic sub-genre. 9. LA Noire LA Noire might cause a bit of controversy on this list. There are some who argue that its lovingly recreated 1940s LA sandbox is underutilized and superfluous to the actual game, and they're not totally wrong. Despite being published by Rockstar, this isn't GTA. And as a result, you're not going to get much fun out of driving around the city looking for side content or indulging in random acts of violence. That doesn't mean that the open world isn't a pillar of the experience though. It might be set dressing, but it's damn good set dressing. And the sense of grounding it gives to the story allows the dramatic twists and turns to actually hit. When the threats to the city rear their head, you take it personally because you've been living in that city. Of course, it's the revolutionary interrogation system at the heart of L.A. Noir that makes it's so unique. Even today, now that we've come leaps and bounds in terms of facial technology, conducting these interviews with suspects and watching them squirm never gets old. Yeah, Cole Phelps himself might flip off the handle when you don't want him to at times, but that's all part of the charm. Number 8 Red Faction Gorilla. Red Faction Guerrilla deserved better. This installment in the long-running franchise took the series open world and, more importantly, brought its emphasis on free-form destruction with it. While there is a story and characters at the heart of Guerrilla, the focus is very much on whacking anything and everything that you can find with your big futuristic sledgehammer and then seeing what happens. Got a few enemies on the floor above you? No worries, just chuck a few mines on the support beams and watch them come crashing down. Need to get on the roof of a building? Yeah, you could take the stairs, but you could also take a car, jump off a ramp and barrel through the third story window and then hop out. It is total carnage and thanks to a remaster, get it, because it's set on Mars, on last gen consoles, more people can finally appreciate it. Number 7, Subnautica. So far on this list the conversation has mostly been about the unique ways games have let you kill or at the very least be violent towards other people. Subnautica is a totally different kettle of fish though. It throws you into an oceanic planet as you're encouraged to spend your time exploring, surviving and getting familiar with the ecosystem in the depths of this huge open world. The crafting system is at the heart of the game as you collect resources in order to build bases as you explore, giving each one a personalized touch. There are alien threats waiting for you on your travels as well of course, and you'll no doubt become lunch for at least a couple of beasties before you finish up your time. Still, the emphasis is very much on exploring and building, and the sense of awe and adventure that open worlds are built for. Number 6, Bio Mutant. And now we turn to the sponsor of this list. Biomutant has been anticipated for years, and you can see why. This is a game set in a post-apocalyptic world, yes, but its lush, animated and charismatic art style is instantly appealing, making for the kind of colourful, vibrant open-world romp that you don't often see in the genre. However, it's the emphasis on delivering an enjoyable open-world experience where customization is king that makes Biomutant such an intriguing game. The developers have prioritised player expression in the customization, and thus everyone's little Critter will have their own unique properties. Different mutations form different physical attributes, rewriting the genetic code of these creatures in the process, which also results in interesting and unique gameplay powers and abilities to play around with as well. Throw on top a bunch of transformable weapons, unique traversal options, including some very cool mounts, and you're left with one of the most visually unique open world titles around. Number 5. Middle-Earth Shadow of War Now, you might be wondering why I've put Shadow of War on here over the more beloved original Shadow of Mordor, and that's a fair question, as after all this malign sequel caused huge controversy at launch thanks to its lackluster endgame which seemed entirely designed to sell the player microtransactions. And while that's true, Shadow of War in 2021 is a far more refined game, with most of those issues smoothed out, though the endgame definitely does still kinda suck. Taken as it is now though, it's a solid follow up to the original, especially in how it doubles down on its core nemesis system. If you don't know, this mechanic sees certain orcs you kill return in later fights as actual named characters vowing revenge. There's a RNG element to it, but essentially it allows you to naturally create rivalries with these enemies who will reference your prior battles, wounds they received, or insults they threw at you the first time around. It's such a robust system, and nobody has been able to rip it off anywhere near as well in the years since, and it allows the experience of each player to become incredibly personalized. The other open world elements might not be that inspired, but when you have the Nemesis system, who cares? Number 4, Ghosts of Sushima. In a lot of ways, Ghosts of Tsushima is far from unique. The UI is straight out of Assassin's Creed, you have the regular stealth, crafting, and combat systems, and there are a bunch of repeated activities to complete. And yet, it was immediately celebrated by fans when it dropped in 2020. The feudal Japan setting made for the most visually striking open worlds in recent memory. While its blistering swordplay made for brutal yet precise combat, that only got better the more you played and more moves you unlocked. Its most unique element apart from its setting however, was the lack of a conventional waypoint system. Understanding that a lot of the environmental work that goes into open world design is wasted on games that encourage players to look at a compass marker rather than the lovingly crafted world around them, Ghost of Tsushima did things differently. It introduced a wind mechanic where a swipe of a button would see a gust of wind on screen guide you to the nearest activity. This would edge you towards the points of interest without totally breaking the immersion, making sure you were never stuck without anything to do but also not going so far as to transform the game into a straight slog from one map marker to the next. Number 3 The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was a BREATH of fresh air when it released in 2017. At that point the open world genre had been oversaturated with the Ubisoft formula. That being, chucking players into a huge map filled with pointless busywork and enough activity icons to make your head spin. It got to the point where playing these games felt like little more than completing a checklist of charts. As you followed an arrow to the next objective, pressed a button and watched the numbers go up. Breath of the Wild removed that busywork and instead put the emphasis on adventure. Your goal at the start is the very same as the one at the end, simply destroy Ganon. It's up to you how to best accomplish that. What makes the title so special though is the interactivity of the world. Chopping down trees, making a makeshift raft and gliding across the map feels amazing, but it's the climbing mechanic in particular that stands out. In this game you can climb, or at least attempt to climb, literally anything. Consequently nothing feels off limits and every action becomes player driven. Number two, Death Stranding. Even Death Stranding's biggest attractors have to admit that at the very least it's certainly unique. However, it can be a difficult game to describe without making it sound a little bit boring. That's because it's essentially a walking slash delivery simulator as you take control of a virtual Norman Reedus and deliver packages across a desolate alternate future America in order to reconnect the country. There is combat, but the bulk of the game is spent trying not to fall over and ruin the cargo on your back. In this way, the title takes a wholly unique approach to its sandbox environment. Aspects of the world that you wouldn't think about in other titles become obstacles here, as you need to plan the best route to an objective and navigate hazards like rivers or hills by step. It provides quite the meditative experience for an open world game, and combined with the creative multiplayer system, whereby you can contribute to structures other players have built and help finish their abandoned deliveries, there's a real sense that you're genuinely building a community as you go, even if you never actually see the people who make it up in the flesh. Number 1. Nier Automata You don't get much more original than Nier Automata. The open world actioner from the mind of creative genius slash total crazy person Yoko Taro took everyone by surprise when it released in 2017, and for good reason. This is a game that takes all the regular sandbox conventions and just flips them on their head. For one, you need to complete it three times to see the true story, as each new run introduces a new playable character each with their unique gameplay style. From melee combat as pristine as you'd expect from the developers of Bayonetta, to 2D bullet hell shooter sequences, Automata throws every mechanic it wants at the player and just expects them to keep up. It always finds a way to subvert expectations, whether that's through a fishing mechanic that can kill you if you ingest an animal not intended for androids, or a final fight against the game's actual credits that can result in the sacrifice of all of your saved data. Yep, seriously, this game is not afraid to take 40 hours of playtime,